J'aime bien ce que je vois, semble très à l'aise jusqu'à présent. Et là, c'est lui qui reçoit la rondelle. Petrie, la passe à Caulfield. Caulfield, autre passe, un tir contre! Tyler Toffoli vient de surprendre Marc-André Fleury avec un changement de vitesse. Le Petrie à Edmundson. Edmundson en voie devant. On a qui sort du territoire. À la ligne bleue, ce sera l'échappé. Barron s'avance, la fin. Contre! Paul Barron fait 3-0 Montréal. Les intentions du quartier de but et soulève cette rondelle dans la partie supérieure et donne une avance de 3 buts aux Canadiens de Montréal. Got a good old fashioned ass kicking tonight. Six seconds to go. Petrangelo with the drive. Stopped by Price. Three seconds. Down the ice it goes. And the Canadians win game two. Three to two. And they're coming back to Montreal tied at one. This question this morning comes from Justin Emerson, philosophy son. Hey Mark, you guys have, have played pretty well over the last two games, came out with a win in one of them. So I guess how much of the game plan for game four is kind of stay the course and do what you've been doing and how much of that is is, is knowing that uh, that you guys do need, uh, I don't know, sorry, I guess that how much um, that you, wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you, sorry, sorry. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Such a great question. I didn't hear the answer, so when he said, I got you, do you think he really knew what he was answering? Well, that's the thing. Justin got out the first part of his question. All right. Like, he got through a sentence. Right. He just kept trying but, to talk. But then Stone said, I got you, but I'm not sure when Stone answered, he was really answering what he was supposed I to answer. I think he did. No, I think oh, he, yeah, he knew he did. understood it? Okay. Because the, Justin Emerson was coherent for, you know, 15 seconds and then just shut down. <laughs> Like I don't I don't know what happened to him, but he was good for 15 seconds, and then I don't know he was done for. It was over after that. All right, uh, so the Golden Knights they fall behind or not fall behind, but the season series is now evened at one one after the Canadians won. So it's time to give out some grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Raise, raise. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. First topic to grade, Usher. Cranking the siren before the game. AC incomplete. AC incomplete. Okay. A for longevity, as you tweeted me last night. No one has done a longer siren crank. He might still be doing it. We're not sure. We're not out there. But Usher might still be there by himself cranking the siren. C. C. Because as my wife and daughter would tell you, coolest cat on the coolest cat on the block. That dude is cool. Usher is cool. They are, they love Usher. Forget about it in my house. Incomplete. Because he never stopped, Incomplete. so I don't know what he was going to do in the end. <laughs> so he never really stopped cranking it, and, the, and then the camera had to come off him. So he might still be doing it, so I can't give him a complete grade because I, I don't even know how he was going to end it. He gets an A+. Plus. A+. Oh, plus. Okay. 23 seconds. You time is how long <laughs> well, he you cranked got a lot of time the siren. On your hand. <laughs> 23 seconds is how long he cranked Solid. the siren. Solid. 
far and away the longest siren crank oh, we have seen. Oh, 23 seconds, like 10 times most people. Just as a reminder, Derek Carr did it for four. Four uh, seconds. Emotionally intense four seconds, though. That was <laughs> emotionally <great>. intense. <laughs> Jesus. So Usher did it for 19 seconds longer wow. than Derek Carr. It's an easy A. A plus. A. All the way for Usher. A plus. Next topic. Jeff Petrie's bloodshot eyes. Um, AC. A because A-C. he played a hockey game and wasn't and was blind. C <laughs> because it reminds me of my college days and way C. too many nights. So <laughs> I'm not gonna rip any believe me. Back in college, I'm not gonna rip anyone for the well, bloodshot eyes. But A because again he played an NHL game blind. His uh, wife on Instagram yeah, she, posted a picture yes. and was like, He's not tired, yeah. he didn't spend up all Vegas. night in Vegas, he's not high. Right. Like she was like, It's part of his upper body injury okay. and put that in quotes. So like What's wrong with him? What is the upper body injury that has his eyes like like and bloodshot's not Pink even eye? the right way to describe it. Pink his eye? eyes are just red. I'm not sure, but everything she said on her Instagram post, I said, yeah, me in college. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, is it pink eye? I have no idea what he's got. I don't know. I mean, he's his eyes are both bloodshot, and they set up her body. So, some kind of some kind of infection, some kind of condition. I don't know. And she said he looks better now than he did a week ago. <laughs> did she say that? What did he look like a week ago? Like, he is genuinely terrifying. Like, if you saw that, just the guy and his, where your eyes are white, his are just blood red. Yeah. All Like, it's not like you can just see his veins are blood red. Like, the entire part of your eye that's white is blood red. How do you play the NHL? How do you play an NHL game that's like that? That's a good question. Was it, can he see? I don't know. Was it Mario Williams that used to famously, like, he would line up as a defensive end and you'd just, like, look at his eyes and they'd all just be, like, it looked like he'd burst <laughs> blood vessels. And so I was like, oh, his, God. His, his pregame ritual, punch me in the eye as many times as possible. <laughs> I I just, it, it's terrifying. Did I give a grade yet? F. <laughs> Oh, because it's terrifying. You're not ripping him. It's terrifying. No, it's, okay. scary. it's scary. Like, okay. if I saw that, I'd be horrified. All right. All right. Next topic, Mike Mayock's siren crank. Yeah, I'm watching again. I watched it last night, but D. First of D. all, the non-player, I told you yesterday from camp when I actually w- was able to talk to you or wanted to, uh, the non-player they should have doing this is Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, who I guess is a huge – I had no idea about this, but the first – I was talking to one of the PR, um, PR uh, staff the first day – and like you can't believe how big a fan. Like it's not like a bandwagon fan. Like ever since he's been here, he's like a huge Golden Knights fan. I'm like, okay, then get Tom Cable to do it. First of all, like I said, we said our offensive line coach, he might break it, which would be funny. Mayock, yeah, he's got the red hat on now. It's like eh, he was okay. I don't know if it was great. I am going to give him a B plus. Oh, okay. B plus. And here's the reason: Mike Mayock is 62. Okay. Mike Mayock is on like the senior tour of Siren Cranks, right? He's not on the same tour as Jonathan Abram and Marcus Arroyo. Or even we're, Usher. Or even Usher. But Usher, he's probably old too. But like we're usually comparing these siren cranks of athletes that are like 24 years old, or even UNLV coaches that or have even done Kevin Kruger. That are all like 32, right? Like we're not talking about guys that are in their 60s. On the basis that Mike Mayock is 62. I think he did a great job. Right. He's twice, three times the age of some of the guys we compare it to. Mm-hmm. So I will give him a B plus. On I guess B I was just plus. Tour. that makes sense. I guess I was just comparing him to all the previous Raiders who had done yeah, it. But then again, they're Com- all like eighteen. Compared to Abram, <laughs> exactly. he's not even in the same right. ballpark. But I, I'm giving him, putting right. him in a different class, a different age range at 62. Okay, very good job. Next topic: Mark Andre Fleury's poke check. 
Oh, F minus fail, fail. F minus fail, failure. It's a break the worst away. fail. It's a breakaway. It's 2-0. You see him coming. You make a decision mentally in your mind. As he said afterwards, I probably shouldn't have made that decision. And with Pocheck, it didn't work. I probably regret that. So when he's actually saying that, I don't know how you can give him anything else than an F, and, the, and, and, and they score. So he actually said, I shouldn't have done it. Here's what I F. want to see in hockey, and I, it's probably too hard to do it because you got to go manually do it. Like, I want to know how successful poke checks are. Like, because, overall percentage-wise? Like because it's a high-risk, high-reward play. Because in that scenario, and in pretty much any time, if you succeed and poke the puck away, they don't even get a shot on goal. Right. It's a great play by the goalie. If you fail, you're now laying on your stomach while the goal is wide open, and they just have to flip it in. So it's high-risk, high-reward, but I'm curious how high risk. Like if you're telling me that Flurry, when he poke checks, gets it 92% of the time, then he should do it all the time. But if you're telling me Flurry gets it 47% of the time, he should never poke check and it's a dumb thing to do. So I mean I just I don't know. I don't, I don't even know, know what really how often he does it. Right. Well, he does I mean, it, more he does it than, a lot. He does it more than like every other goalie in hockey combined. Right? Like, no, I I know he does it a lot, but I'm talking like right. you say, like I don't know what the percentage is. So yeah. I mean I don't you know, you kind of can't go back every when he does it and it succeeds and Twitter blows up. You'd think he's better right. at it than most than he probably is. Right, he, it, and it's a great play when he yeah. pulls it off, and it looks great too. But when you miss, that happens. Like, well, then when, it looks really bad. When they lost to the Sharks in 2019, the game-winning goal in overtime, Flurry missed a poke check. Like, there have been big moments where Flurry does miss the poke check. I just, I don't know the percentage. I don't know how often he actually converts when he goes to a poke check. So it's kind of hard to say. You should never do that, right. even though I kind of think he should never do that. But last night, what do you give him? Well, I'm uh, an F. Yeah, yeah. I mean, F. He, he missed failed. It. Anytime you're laying on your stomach, fail. Yeah, not good. Uh, next topic: the Golden Knights power play. Uh, this is weird because I'm going to say A F A F. The A is for Montreal, which almost scored six times on the first power play. <laughs> uh, that was very interesting. Uh, <laughs> That first power play, I'm like, who's on the power play here? Like, I never even saw the Golden Knights at the end. And then F because it was just really F. bad. The second one was better. Than the, first. the first was atrocious. The second one was better. It couldn't. It, the first, second couldn't be as bad as the first. But they were 0 for 2 and failed on both, so they get an F. I mean, the idea behind F. having a man advantage is to score. <laughs> and they didn't, so I have to give it an F. So Montreal has killed, uh, I believe, 21 straight penalties yes, 21 straight. in the playoffs. So they've been very good yeah. in that department. But. So this is partially Montreal being very good at it. But the Golden Knights also have the second lowest uh, power play percentage in the playoffs so far. Uh, Justin Emerson tweeted out, the only team that's worse is Nashville, who got eliminated in the first round. So they have been dreadful on the power play in the playoffs. And last night, they had four minutes of power play time. They managed two shots on goal. They allowed two shots on goal. They only had one high danger chance. Montreal's good, but the Golden Knights should be much better on the power play than they have been. It's it's an F, F, and it's an F for the entire playoffs. F, right? Like it hasn't been good at all. They've the gotten worst. away with it because they've been so good at five on five. But it's an F overall, or as Jared likes to say, the worst. The worst. Next topic to grade. Oh my gosh, we're doing more. <laughs> okay. We'll go to this one. Uh, a little bit related to the Golden Knights all because right. they ended the season. Jared Bednar will return as the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say C. 
see. So Sackick obviously loves him. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm sorry. When you had that level of talent, you get a, can't get out of the second round. Ultimately, it should come back to you. I mean, look, it's the players mostly because they didn't perform to the level of whatever they needed to perform of. But it might even be worse than a C. This will be like, I think he's been there five or six years. They haven't got out of the second round. Then ultimately, whether it's fair or not, it's like Pete DeBoer said uh, yesterday when they asked about Gerard Glant getting the Rangers job. He was really happy for him. Pete DeBoer said, look, he said, our lifespan as NHL coaches is less than any major sport. Like yep. we sign up knowing, look, it's probably not going to be a long run, so you do the best you can. So when you're Jared Bednar and you've had, you know, one of the best lines of hockey, certainly one of the best players in hockey, one of the best goalies in hockey at least this year, and you can't get out of the second round, yeah, that might be unfair, but ultimately it comes back to you. So bringing him back at this point, I don't think it's a great decision. Yeah, he. Uh, this is uh, going to be a sixth season. Okay, next they haven't year. got out of the second round. I've not. Okay, uh, four so... playoff appearances, and the last two years in particular, they were. <laughs> Stanley Cup contenders, hey, this team can win it all, and they lose in the second yeah. round. It's brutal. It, it absolutely is. And so he's going to be going into his sixth year now. Like you said, I, I think the number uh, NHL coaches— What's the average, four? Last, no, no. NHL coaches average is like 2.2 years. Wow. The NBA is like two and a half. I think football's closer to three. Two and a half? 2.2? is the average amount of time an NHL coach that's, has a job. That's the best part about them signing four-year contracts. Yeah. It's just like— Okay. Like, yeah, Gerard sure. Gallant's still getting well, paid by Vegas, right? Yes. Yeah. Do they make... I'm totally lost in this. Do they make it um, public all the time what NHL coaches get in their contracts? No, they don't. Like, you never... Like, no. I know exactly what Gruden or Belichick... You always know what those guys make. You know what their contracts are. Like, when DeBoer signed... Like, that's the thing. I'm like, well, how much are they paying this guy? Like, that's very unusual to know what these guys make. Or how long they're signing for. Now, I think Carolina this morning extended their coach three more years. I don't know if, like, details of those contracts are ever made public. But, like, this is the one sport where, like, I couldn't tell you how long he signed for or how much he makes. Yeah, no, we, I, yeah, I just we don't, don't know. We're in other sports like baseball, basketball, football, but you know everything. Yeah, you tend to know quite a bit. But, yeah, we don't know in hockey. But, yeah, that's... uh Okay, 2.2 is... Yeah, no, it's quick and Really hockey. fast. It is turn. It's probably the sport where they make in-season firings... The most of any of our four major sports. It's the one where they were like, "Oh, we're twenty games into the season." Is Montreal an interim coach? Uh, he took. Is he? He took over this okay. year. Yeah, I don't know if he's interim or if they gave him the full time okay. job, but he took over this year. So yeah, that's like, and, hey, it works sometimes. <laughs> do you want to do this one piece of audio? Nah, we'll save it for like nine forty five or something. Cause, the, the question? Yeah, we've got to give away <laughs> Brad Paisley tickets. Brad Paisley is playing at Win Las Vegas back-to-back shows, the Acoustic Storyteller, June 25th and 26th. We've got a pair of tickets, 702-364-1100, 702-364-1100. We will take caller number six at 702-364-1100 to win a pair of tickets to go see Brad Paisley at Win Las Vegas. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Bischoff's Briefs. Throwing out random numbers authoritatively is the best way to pass as a baseball expert. Bischoff's Briefs. By the way, it's commendable how many baseball players care so deeply about the Equal Rights Amendment. Bischoff's Briefs. Somebody get me some antibiotics because that ball is gonorrhea. Bischoff's Briefs. Congratulations to Gerald. He won a pair of tickets to go see Brad Paisley. But now in Bischoff's Briefs, 
And are you ready to find out why the Dodgers are the biggest cheaters in baseball history? <sighs> I see this on the rundown. Jared Pate plays Doc Roberts. It's just becoming a consistent part of this show to bash the best team in baseball. But you can go ahead and let me know. So um, <laughs> Michael Salvino wrote a story for The Athletic. And these are not my words. As an Astros fan, they could be. But these are not my words. These are Michael Salfino's words. The sticky stuff, the increased spin rate, is a bigger problem, bigger cheat than steroids, and bigger cheat than the Astros. Mm. So there's the first premise Okay, there, that's the first part. That foreign substances, right. bigger advantage. Than trash cans. Than trash cans okay. or steroids is what his premise is here. And the logic behind it is the effectiveness of the cheating, right? Because his argument was some people took steroids and they didn't necessarily get better. Like, right. obviously, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, like, there are headline names, but there are a lot of guys that took it and they didn't see some increase or whatever. And with, like, the trash can scheme, there have been, like, a bunch of people have done studies on it that say, well, it probably didn't actually improve their batting average or anything like that. But with this, every pitcher that we know that uses it their better. RPMs go up, right. right? And so what he's saying is this is an automatically makes you a better pitcher if you have it. Whereas the other two things, it might, it might not. So that's part of his argument here. Again, not my words. Not It's not the Astros fan saying it. It's Michael Salfino saying it. This is the Salfino briefs. Yeah, Salfino <laughs> briefs today. And then something else Michael Salfino did was he went and looked at spin rates of individual pitchers from the 2019 season and compared it to this season, 2021, uh, you'll never guess who had the biggest increase in spin rate from 2019 to 2021. Trevor Can Bauer. I guess? It's Trevor Bauer. Uh, his spin rate increased by 17% from 2019 to 2021. The second highest is 13%. The third highest is only 7%. So he is lapping the field when it comes to how much his spin rate has increased. But it's not just Trevor Bauer that's on this list, Ed. Coming in with the third biggest increase in spin rate from 2019 to 2021 is Walker Bueller at 7%. And coming in in ninth place with the highest spin rate increase from 2019 to 2021 is Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Now, stop. <laughs> Sacrilegious. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of that stuff about my favorite yeah. player. Yeah. And you want to say Bauer and Bueller cheating? All eh, right. Don't you bring our guy into this. If Kershaw was cheating, why would, didn't he perform better? Yes. Why has he been so why he, lousy? Why, he, so why did he lately? lose last night again? That's sweat on his hat. he can't cheat anymore. That's only sweat on his hat. You stop it's that, Tyler Bischoff. I don't want to hear that anymore about my guy. So the biggest spin rate increases from 2019 to 2021, three of the top nine are Dodgers. It's not good. So I don't want to believe it's the clean. biggest. The other cheat, guys, well, Bauer completely. <laughs> the biggest cheat in baseball history is sticky substances on baseballs, and the Dodgers have the most pitchers that are doing it. The biggest cheaters in the history of the sport are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, so <laughs> there's one thing I will say that I will give, and I, this makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. That I'll give Dodgers, Trevor. Oh, well, Trevor Bauer, I'll, I'll give Trevor Bauer some credit on. And David Roth alluded to this in the first hour. He kind of did what Barry Bonds did, but he did it in a like different way where like all of a sudden McGuire and Sosa are hitting these home runs. And he's like, well, yeah, because they're using steroids. Fine. You want to see me on steroids? <laughs> all right, right. I'll go get on steroids and I'll just go ahead and hit 10 more. And so Trevor Bauer was like, 
Well, they're all using they're all using foreign substances. I'll use it. All right, fine. You want to see me on foreign substances? So you know, at least it's a good story. Well, the funny part on Bauer. There's a lot of funny parts on Bauer. Unsurprisingly, he has contradicted himself because, as you're saying, he started out by calling out Garrett Cole and calling out pitchers for saying, "Hey." Uh, they're using a foreign substance. That's why their RPMs are jumping. That's why they've become such great players. We shouldn't be doing this. Three years later, he's doing it. And not only is he doing it, he's now arguing back that Major League Baseball shouldn't be punishing them for doing it. So three or four years ago, Bauer wanted them punished. And now that he's doing it, he doesn't want anybody to be punished for it. Are you suggesting this has something to do with Walker Bueller hasn't lost since 2015? It might, it might be. I don't think that guy's lost like 70 games. <laughs> do you keep saying I mean, he's only like 5-0 and this year, but every stat I'm like is he hasn't lost in like 26 games. Yeah. Like, this guy, how many no decisions does this guy have? <laughs> Quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to accept everything but Kershaw because I cannot accept it. Uh, 17th on the list, Julio Urias. Yeah, but he makes up for it with his hitting. So... <laughs> He's, he's, he'd be far he'd be far higher on that list, but he's too worried about getting in the cage and start and, and, and getting his swing down. You laugh. That guy's in the lineup last night. I'm like, ah, I got I got fathers of softball players he used to coach. I'd rather have in that lineup. My buddy Will said it was one of our buddies. I'd rather have Joe in the lineup. I'm like, well, I'd rather have Joe's kid. But I mean, there are guys in the lineup now with all those injuries. It's amazing they're uh, still uh, two back with all those injuries. How Thanks. do we ban injuries in sports? <sighs> Lot in the NBA, lot, lot in the NBA playoffs. Too. I don't, I don't like this. No. Like the NBA playoffs are a disaster Ugh. right now, and like we just we talked about Jacob Degrom earlier. Yeah. Like the Dodgers have been They've beat got, up like, all year. Dodgers Is Cody Bellinger all year. healthy? No, that soft guy's back in there. What a shock! <laughs> what a shock! I, we haven't talked about. It. I haven't been around for a few days. That soft Ooh, Bellinger's back on the actually, injured list. That is something we needed to talk to Ed about. We're getting all our Dodger stuff out now because at seven forty-five we get something else fun planned, but. You know that they, like, don't get replaced if they get caught with the sticky stuff. So your entire starting lineup might get kicked out of a, like, kicked off the roster. Yeah. They can't be replaced with guys that can be brought up. So Mr. Softy there might be starting next On week. On the mound. Jansen is the starter, followed by that weird Bickford kid who keeps giving up leads. You don't think J- Jansen's definitely cheating. <laughs> He's a bit of a spinner. His ERA is like 095. <laughs> by the way, the other part of this I find interesting, we only talk about starting pitchers. All right. Nobody's talking about uh, relievers. About, about closers or relievers, yeah. They have to be using yeah. it, too. Like, if we're talking about every starter in baseball is using it, like, how come relievers aren't getting blasted on this, too? It just It's bizarre, because, like, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer are like the headline names. They're the ones that are going to, this is going to be, you know, their names are dragged along with it. But like, surely a lot of these relievers are doing oh, yeah. it too. They, they have come to in be. with their kind of stuff. Like there's no, yeah, there's no way you could be on Trevor Bauer or Garrett Cole's team and be like, oh, how'd you get yeah. so good? And like, oh yeah, this. And they're like, oh, no, thanks. I'm not going to use it. They have to be, but we don't, we never hear about them. I just, I can't accept Kershaw. He's got that ping pong tournament for kids every year. Always, I mean, you know, always helps kids out. Okay, so I just, I can't do Anthony it. Rizzo is a really great guy. <laughs> like, like I think you're, I think listen. you're, 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 you're kind of mixing metaphors here. Listen, you can take Kershaw the same way I do Altuve. Yes, great before any of this came out. Yes, so yeah, even even yes. if like I guess Kershaw could have been cheating since like when did he into the league like two thousand eight or something like that? Like he was still great though, right? He's always been good. Like yeah. it's not like this is what made Kershaw a good pitcher. Nobody's gonna think that. But Trevor Bauer's on his team. I'm sure he's been using something this season. <laughs> did you laugh when soft Kershaw or soft uh, Bellinger went back on the uh, injured list? No, because I don't have some hatred for him like you do. 
stumbling out of the box. Now it's the hamstring. Yeah, stretch the muscles out with this guy. He's got like all kinds of issues, lower body. You talk about the NHL. If if Soft Bellinger was in the NHL, he'd be like a lifetime lower body injury. We'd never know what this guy has. Yeah. Be day to day on the nights, which Wait. means he'd never play. No, and that means that he wouldn't count against the salary cap. <laughs> all right, coming up next, J.R. Starkus makes us a drink. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine-tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who needs a drink? Brought to you by Liquor World. Follow on Twitter at J.R. Starkus, Key Account Executive, Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits in Nevada. Here with us each Thursday. We have two questions. Uh, I'll go off the top and Jared has one. If I told you to make a Spider-Man, would you know how to make it? A Spider-Man, no. Oh! Wow. Our buddy Adam Hill was in Cancun. I think he had 76 of these things. Um, well, at least it sounded like that when I did my podcast with him. <laughs> and he said it was called the Spider-Man, and it had a lot of colors in it. And the guy at the bar said it was native to Cancun, and no one else knew about it. Do you believe? So obviously you believe it. You don't know what it is. <laughs> yes, um, I, I definitely believe that. Um, I also definitely believe it was something that that bartender made up to make Adam <laughs> you to go back there, and it worked. <laughs> Um, because in a world of bartenders, <laughs> when your job is to make money off of those who are drinking in front of you and keep them coming back, you will tell them anything in order to make it happen, and it absolutely worked with Adam. So, well done, bartender, whoever you are in Cancun. Jared said the exact same thing yep. before you came on. Oh, look at this guy. He's bought two of them. Let's just say it's, like, original. <laughs> yeah, so, you can only get it at his bar. It was founded here. It's, oh, it's, uh, it goes back history a long way. You should sit down sometime. Yes. We'll tell you about it. Yeah. Got so it all. Who, how many times have you used that line, then? What, that it's only here? Yep. Yeah. No, I can't say that too much, but generally what happens, like, when I was behind the bar still, and, and, I'm, and any bartenders who are listening get this question, I, I know they do, You're, the customer who comes to Las Vegas will sit down and say, what are you known for? What are you good at? You know, and so you'll just make something up, and you'll be like, oh, uh, this, and, and that's what we'll drink, right? And they'll be like, this is just a mojito. You're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This so, is just a beer. Yes, it is. So this Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like, we don't I know, am... we don't know the ingredients. If we fed you the ingredients, you could just be like, "That's a Bahama Mama." <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. It's you know it, I could I, I put it, I'm like that's he, what he, he made you a Long Island iced tea, Adam. That's what he did. But, <laughs> and uh, put some food coloring in it. Yeah. Yeah. With a little yeah, umbrella. So, would you ask, <laughs> Jared? Would you have for him? Oh, I wanted to know if you had to. Which weirdly, this is. Kind of crazy, but uh, if you had to name a drink the Spider Tack, what would you put in it? Now, like how how viscous could you make a drink? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You'd have some. You definitely have like coconut cream or something in it. Um, it would be super sticky. Maybe some molasses would be in this drink at some point. I think would be good. Like those two ingredients. So it's it's kind of sweet and 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 it, I would blend it uh, probably because I want to make it good. I want to take it. It has to taste good. Um, but most likely it would, we know when you blend molasses and coconut together, the flavors would work. Um, but it would also be like, like this kind of ugly brown color, like the color of spider tack. Um, <laughs> so I think that would be something to play with for sure. You have been in bartending competitions. Uh, how do people cheat in bartending competitions? <laughs> uh, okay. So they're actually, so 
you can call it cheating, but you can also <laughs> call it doing your research. Um, so what generally what happens is when you what bartenders in competitions, at least when I used to compete, there was a lot of you know you have a panel of judges, right? And so in your in your research of your cocktail and the way that you're doing it, typically speaking, you know you, a lot of bartending competitions will not tell you who the judges are because you can pander to their palate. So um, you know if you know you have uh, of judges that like sweet drinks or tiki style or really boozy or whatever the case may be, you can build a cocktail based on that and really just kind of pander to their palate. So any good judging panel will be a very diverse group. Um, so you'll get a nice kind of mix of them. But when I was bartending competitions, you, a lot of bartenders always try to figure out who the judges were for this cocktail competition um, and then work off of that based off of uh, who you knew uh, would be right. tasting your drink. Yeah, people. You hire people like jury pools, and you're out there like looking at people's backgrounds and stuff to see who's going to be a judge. Well, you know, in in this industry, there are some some well known palates that tend to be at a lot of these things. And so, especially when I was doing a lot of competitions, um, it was prob- it was like the same pool of like ten or twelve judges, and it's just the combination of whichever judges you were getting is kind of how you might tweak your drink or tweak the story that is going to the drink. Um, you couldn't do it too overtly because if you did it too overtly, then they would, it would be like, Oh, come on. You know, but if you, if you made it where it just kind of tied in, they'd be like, Oh wow, that's really, that's really incredible. So you know, it's an art, it's an art. So you call it cheating, but you could also call it just uh, really doing your research properly. Well, happy father's day, Sunday, 50, 50, my kids even remember, uh, I'm sure yep. yours will. Uh, so what are you going to do for father's day? I will actually probably be home alone because my son is in Arizona playing baseball right now. Um, so he, uh, I don't know that he'll be home for Father's Day, to be honest with you. With My wife is out there with him as well. Um, so I'll probably be in the pool. I'll probably watch college baseball um, and do a lot of nothing. It'll be great. Maybe I'll, I mean, I'll definitely have some beers or some cocktails or something. But what, uh, pretty, pretty chill day. Is the drink today for that? What are you going to do? So the drink, actually, the drink today works perfectly for, for it could work for Father's Day. Um, it could also work just as a cocktail in general, but it'll certainly work being that it's, you know, a billion degrees outside. So it'll be a nice cooling cocktail. Um, but that, when I explain this drink, I'll also explain to you how to modify it a little bit for dad who wants like something a little stronger to deal with the kids. So what you're going to do is you're going to use four ingredients in this drink. It's Cointreau. It's agave, it's fresh lime, and it's the Sovani Ingenious Apple Sparkling Soda Water. Uh, four ingredients, super easy to make and really refreshing. A lot of people don't use Cointreau in a cocktail as a base. They usually use it as a modifier in a cocktail, uh, like in a margarita, because they don't know that you can certainly use Cointreau as a base. It's 80 proof. It's just as strong as a lot of vodkas and gins and, and rums, etc. Um, it just happens to be um, a little bit on the sweeter side, but has a beautiful orange flavor. So if you are a, hey, I really like orange vodka person, um, this Cointreau, this is, it's a kind of a perfect, uh, you know, gateway into that. This drink I call apples and oranges, and it, it uses an uh, ounce and a half of Cointreau as your base, 80 proof. So it's just as strong as any other drink you're going to make. You're not, you're not stealing alcohol. It's not a low-proof cocktail, anything like that. Ounce and a half of Cointreau. You're going to use a half of an ounce of agave nectar. You could use any sweetener that you want, really. I like agave nectar in this drink, but if you want to use simple syrup or a flavored syrup of some sort, you can do that. But you're only using in half of an ounce because 
you have to account for some of the sweetness that's already in the Cointreau, right? So that's why you're going to use an ounce of lime juice. It will offset the sweetness in the agave nectar and the sweetness in the Cointreau, and it'll balance this drink nicely. Uh, there's also, a, a just because of the natural sugars in the the Sylvani, uh, the Sylvani Ingenious Apple uses real apple juice in it, so it's got this kind of like light, tart apple finish to it that I really enjoy, like a green apple kind of flavor. Um, so it, it, you'll balance off that as well. So one and a half ounces of Cointreau, half ounce of agave nectar, one full ounce of lime juice. Take those ingredients and shake them together with ice, and then add about two to three ounces of the Sylvani Ingenious apple soda water right on top. Strain it into a Collins glass or a large glass, and then just garnish it with a piece of mint and an orange slice, apples and oranges. It's really delicious. Now, if you have somebody that says, well, I want it to be bumped up, I like, you know, I want to bump this up a little bit, then you can add a half of an ounce of your favorite spirit, right? Like you can add a half of an ounce of your favorite vodka, your favorite gin, uh, your favorite tequila, and it will be just as wonderful. I don't recommend adding more than that because if you do, you're going to start having to mess with the proportions of the drink as far as the sweetness to the sourness, right? So if you don't want to really change anything else, you can add up to a half of an ounce of your favorite additional spirit and do exactly the same thing. Shake all the ingredients together without the apple, um, the ingenious apple soda, and then add it at the last moment and strain it over fresh ice. So you can really make this a, a more powerful and strong drink if you so desire. Uh, but I like it just with the Cointreau. It's delicious, it's refreshing, and it's perfect for 170 you know, degrees outside. So can you serve this to me and tell me it's a special drink native to just this area? Yeah, it's actually native to my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and I'll charge you $20 for it, and I'll tell you you can only get it here. And, uh, and then I'll tell you I have a variation in which I just take and I switch the agave to simple syrup, and it changes the flavor just a hint. And I tell you, that's variation number two. And then I switch <laughs> another rest ingredient, and I tell you, that's variation number three. And you're like, I can't remember all this. And I'm like, that's fine. You just come here for that drink. You know? And uh, that's how it works, man. I'd be curious to know what's an Adam's Spider-Man drink, because I'm sure it's just Wow, well, there's no way he remembers. Else. He doesn't yeah, remember what was it. He just started drinking it. It's a, it's it's It must be good to have a job, though, where you don't know. It, the people you're talking to don't know if you're really telling the truth. Like, like, I could take my car anywhere, and the guy would be like, you need a whole new engine. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I, how would I? It seems you run it fine. No, I know you, you've no, had no problems with it, but you need an entire new engine. Go ahead. I mean, I, it's mm-hmm. like with the if you told me that's like an original drink, I'm like, yeah, thank, good for you, JR. I have no idea what you're making. That, yeah, 100%. And, and, and I'm with you. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of drinks that are created are, are just basics. They're riffs off of things that already existed. Um, you just tweak things around and make it a whole new drink, right? Um, so you're using that platform, you know, of, of a cocktail, you know. So if you think about this, right, margarita, in its simplest form, tequila, lime juice, agave nectar, right? Uh, some people will add Cointreau, just a different variation of the same drink. If you took out the, the, the tequila and you added rum, right, you, the rum, lime, and sour or, or, or simple syrup, right, same proportions, now you have a daiquiri, not a frozen daiquiri, a regular daiquiri. If you add mint and club soda, that same drink is now a mojito. So that's all, that's all you're doing, right? So that's, how, that's how drinks work. So it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's, it's just taking a thing and tweaking it a little bit and adjusting it so it balances and creating a whole new drink. Well, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, we Happy appreciate Father it. At, yeah, yeah. Well, at Jr. Starkus on Twitter, Key County Executive for Southern Glaze Wine Spirits. And take that. Will this be on uh, Jr. Makes Drinks on Instagram? Yes, sir. It will. Right. I'll put it up here shortly.
look at that and get to know your drink uh, for Papa on Sunday. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Talk to there you later. There is J.R. Starkus. One day we're going to get him back in here. God, I hope it's soon. <laughs> Jared misses him. <laughs> make us a Spider-Man. Okay. I guess he so, could just make it and we'd believe him. Like, I'd have no idea what he was even doing. I, I try to pride myself on being a very good bar customer. That's sort of like one of my things. But I have seen so many arguments between a customer and a bartender where I just end in my head screaming, You've been drinking. They haven't. They know whether or not you paid. Uh, I, I, like I said, we did a podcast last week and Adam checked in and it appeared there had been Spider Man. Did but you, I don't did you ever see one of these Spider-Man drinks? No, he said there were a lot of colors in it. Yeah, like because if you Google it, there's a Starbucks Spider-Man drink. He does go to Starbucks a lot. There was half uh, red, half blue. My guess is that wasn't this one. <laughs> there was always a, a, a Spider-Man like popsicle whenever yes. the, the ice cream man yes. would come, and it had gumballs yeah. fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we got a great voicemail and maybe the best question Jared Justice has ever heard. The pitch swung on and belted. Left field and deep and forget about it. That'll end the offer. Reese Hoskins with a solo drive to left field. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Did the Dodgers even lose to the Phillies? They did. Two nothing last night. Oh, they did lose. Yeah. Oh. Kershaw wasn't spinning it very we, well. We normally we normally close the show on the Dodgers, right. but we took care of that early today. They lost 2-0. So. Yeah. I mean, Altuve hit two home runs yesterday. You could have played one of those too. One of the one of the series, though. But I normally try to keep the baseball to a minimum, even though it's now become one of the largest <laughs> stories in sports. Yes, well, yeah, but it's also cheating. because there's a lot of baseball play-by-play guys that are like, and there's the pop-up, and they have done it. <laughs> a no hitter. <laughs> All right. So let's play the this question first. Okay. So this was a question last night to Pete DeBoer in the postgame presser, and it is what Jared has been trying to preach to us for the last four weeks. Hey, Pete. Um, you know, they say the series doesn't really get started until the road team wins a game, right? Yeah. Uh, is this just you – know, I know you're not sitting there thinking you're going to sweep this thing. I get that. A lot of people certainly around the league are saying that Vegas was going to walk through Montreal pretty easy. Uh, this would just be the ebb and flow of a playoff series, I assume. You win one, you lose one, and we get in the meat of this thing. Is that fair? That question yeah, those, was 22 those seconds. Those people that said yeah. we were going to sweep were the same people that said Colorado was going to sweep us. So, um, you know, I yeah, you, you don't get now. to the final. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, I told you guys, like, let that, me know when uh, you want I me did. to. I did. Give you a hand signal. Oh, yeah. you told me yeah. that these aren't the droids that I was I looking did, for. I did give you a bad hand signal. Um, first off, what was the question? Do we know what the question was here? Like when here's the thing: when Naomi Osaka is like, "I don't want to do post game press conferences," right? And you hear that question, you can be like, "Why the hell are we doing this?" Right. Well, I think the question could have been shortened down to Pete. It it appears Montreal doesn't suck as much as everyone thinks. <laughs> yes. <they do. laughs> Your comment? That well, was I mean, the, the question. Who, the people who said we were going to sweep, you know, they, they also said we the Colorado's <laughs> going to sweep out. He could have. You could have gotten the exact same answer from. Pete, Montreal doesn't suck. Comment. And then he would have given you the exact same answer. Pete, do you have to play all the games in order to figure out who wins the series? Pete, do you really have to win four, or can you just win one and the series is over? I don't understand this. The the cliche of it's not a series until a road team team, wins. When did that become something? (laughs) Like, what is that? 
Why is that always no. said? It's Who like, said that for the first time? I don't. That's what I want to know. Somebody the whole team that lost. Yeah. <laughs> Some some guy lost at home says, "Well, it's a series now." <laughs> no, it's, it was whenever they. It was obviously it had to be after a game four, where it was game five, where it's like, "Well, now we got a series." Yeah, exactly. Now it's a best of three. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the other one that's great. We they had that with Colorado. Well, it's a best of three now. So, like, so best of seven, it's just down to three. What would you call a series where the road team wins every game? Is that like a super a sweep? series? A sweep? Well, no, it's not no, a sweep. Because, no, because they would oh, lose. Oh, the road team. The okay, road team. I, I thought you meant, still be 2-2, okay. but the series started no, is immediately. Like a, is that like a super series? Like, like, a su- yeah, like a super regional? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like that's the greatest series ever. It's not a series until a road team wins, but if the road team wins every single game, my God, what a series. Yeah, it's a big se- Yeah, it's a super series. Like the, the Mavericks-Clippers almost did it, but the Clippers yes. went home in game seven. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The Astros-Nationals World Series. Road team won every game in that series. Super Series. It's the greatest World Series ever played. It's the greatest World Series ever played, yeah. All right. We do have another piece of audio. Uh, this is our voice mail line, which I will one day remember what the actual number is. 702-720-4678. You can leave us a voicemail, as Mike likes to do. Does Montreal, this is Mike, by the way, does Montreal have a voodoo doll? First of all, they eliminate Tavares on a questionable hit. It looks like it's innocent. Then they eliminate Shifley by his own doing, his own hand. And now Stevenson is injured in a way that no one can explain. And every one of those injuries leads to a Canadian's victory and prosperity. I want some of that potion. Thanks. What potion does he want so he can hurt people and win? Yeah, I don't understand I mean, that. So you get all the breaks. You get uh, all the like, you get all the breaks in life if you if you injure right. somebody. Like right. you're literally like about to enter a boxing ring against an overmatched opponent, and right. he slips on a banana peel, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, well, I guess I win. The one issue with that is if you did have a voodoo doll, I don't think Chandler Stevenson is the golden knight you're picking to no, take out. No, but but no. no one would suspect it. That is like, true. That's you, true. That's true. They think like, oh, you're taking out Patrick or Stone or Flurry, but no, we're taking out Chandler. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason Cody Glass never plays. Someone took him out and like stuck him with a voodoo pin or something. That's doll. why. That's why he's never playing. So Montreal has this voodoo doll, and Nick Suzuki was like, "Oh, <laughs> you traded me away and kept Cody Glass." Yeah. And Nick Suzuki's out there poking. He's poking Cody, Cody Glass, Glass the, the doll. Yeah. doll. That's a good explanation. Mike's we thank we here. thank Mike for calling. Mike is good for a couple reasons. He calls and he both knows more than I do that we have a line and what the number is. So he's like my hero because he knows there's, we have a line and he actually knows many, what to call. How many stingers do I play there's a day? A, there's a sounder after each segment and like three times a day you'll hear the vo- hotmail line or the voicemail line, I should say. And it's Mike. Yes. Good for Mike. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. I'm on board with the voodoo doll thing, though. We also promote yes. your Twitter. If... If the Canadians, if the Canadians <laughs> win this series, they absolutely have a voodoo doll. There's no doubt about it. If they win this series, they have a voodoo doll the whole time.